0: Hello, and welcome to The Lancet podcast. Nikolai Humphreys here on Friday, the 28th of May. In this week's podcast, we feature an interview with the lead author of a study looking into a new approach for treating chronic heroin addiction. But before that, some other notable content highlights from The Lancet dated May 29th, June 4th. An editorial discusses a frequently overlooked and neglected area of mental health, paternal postnatal depression. An article by Thomas Geisbert and colleagues looks into the Ebola virus. This latest proof-of-concept study expands on their previously successful research. This time, they use a new siRNA approach targeting three Ebola genes for post-exposure treatment of rhesus macacus monkeys. And the TB series continues. Two more series papers are published in the journal this week. Paper 3 looks at the HIV-associated tuberculosis epidemic, and Paper 4 at Biomarkers and Diagnostics. Sticking with TB, as North Korea made global headlines this week for all the wrong reasons, a World Report highlights a different, altogether more positive story from the northern half of the Korean Peninsula, revealing how North Korea is working together with the US to combat tuberculosis. And those were just some of the highlights from this week's issue. The rest of this podcast centers around an important study looking at a possible new approach for the treatment of chronic heroin addiction. Earlier this week, my colleague Richard Lane spoke to Professor John Strang, Director of the National Addiction Centre, King's College London, and one of the authors of the study. Richard Lane started by asking Professor Strang to explain the background of the study and what previous research up until this study has informed us in terms of treating heroin addiction.
1: Yes, it's important for us to be clear that uh, we already have treatments uh, with uh, proven efficacy in the addiction treatment field uh, for heroin addiction. What is a particular clinical challenge is we know that there's a what one might see as like a treatment resistant group you know maybe five to ten percent of the patient population who despite treatment with standard approaches like methadone maintenance or buprenorphine maintenance We appear not to be able to touch their addiction at all. Their problem continues as if the treatment was not helping them at all. The policy challenge, the clinical challenge, and with this trial, the scientific challenge, is to find out, are these people untreatable, or is it that we haven't had the right treatment or the suffi- sufficiently aggressive approach to the treatment. you know Can their trajectory be turned? And that's what this trial is all
2: about. Just spell out the specific objectives then from this trial.
1: In particular, we were wanting to take a group of chronic heroin addicts that previous treatments, all sorts of treatments had failed with, by which we mean that despite the treatment, they were continuing to use street heroin virtually every day. We were looking at... Uh, If we engage them in a supervised injectable treatment program where we're giving them either injectable heroin or injectable methadone, is it possible to achieve a break with their black market street drug use? So is it possible to effect a complete severing of that illicit drug use and the dependence on it? With that would then come the benefits of improved health and well-being and breaking with with you know, the potential associated criminal behaviour associated with that drug use. We didn't know whether it would be possible to achieve that break, and that's that's what we've been testing in this trial.
2: And tell us then about how you actually physically did the trial, because clearly this was done in a very carefully controlled, clinically supervised way, but only in some specific parts of the United Kingdom. So run through the methods, if you would.
1: It's perhaps important to be aware of the ancestry of, uh, of the, this particular treatment approach uh, because there's often confusion with what I'd re- refer to as like the old British system uh, where more commonly decades ago uh, heroin might be prescribed to heroin addicts and it was a very unregulated system with take-home doses. In large part it fell into disrepute because drugs would be diverted to the illicit market. What was particularly important as the next step in the 1990s and in the new millennium, uh, the Swiss and then several other countries began to look at could you have a secure version of this treatment completely supervised so that any injecting occurred in a clinic setting. The challenges of this are considerable. Suddenly you need to open your clinics every day of the week, 365 days per year, uh, and you need to open it for the two or three sessions Uh, so that the patient comes in on every occasion. It makes what was previously a street drug use, perhaps with a social milieu to it. It changes that into something that has a clinical sterility to it, which is part of the break with the street drug scene. In order to do the trial, we set up three new clinics, uh, one in London, one in Darlington in the north of England and one in Brighton on the south coast. Uh, So in very different settings uh, where these clinics would be open every day of the year. Having identified our severe chronic patients who were failing in treatment, they would then come into the clinic um, either once or twice a day depending which treatment group they were in Uh, And all of their injecting drug would be taken under, drawn up by the nursing staff and taken under the supervision of the nursing or medical staff. So it almost converted the use of drugs into something more akin to a banking transaction rather than a social transaction. And within those clinics, we have then undertaken uh, a randomized trial of three different approaches to treatment.
2: Those groups being?
1: Within the trial, we have three groups. So with this chronic failing population, uh, one third of them, uh, we will have given them optimised oral methadone maintenance. So we will have taken the standard treatment of oral methadone maintenance. We will have tweaked it and worked hard with them to make it as successful as it could possibly be. And that's our control group. The first experimental group is a group randomised to supervised injectable methadone. Uh, So this is an injectable form of methadone, where the patient would come in once a day to inject it under supervision, and the third group would be supervised injectable heroin, where because it's a shorter-acting drug, they would need to come in twice a day uh, in the supervised heroin group. And they were randomised uh, to these
2: three groups. One arm of this trial investigates the use of continued supervised injectable heroin treatment. Is that currently policy in, any, in the UK or any other countries at the moment for treating chronic heroin addiction?
1: Heroin has always been able to be prescribed in the UK, uh, both in general medicine and for the treatment of addiction by doctors who had a special licence. So that in itself is not new in the UK. It, it is new in the international context, uh, in, in other countries, but not in the UK. What is completely new in the UK is the structure around that prescribing the supervised injecting clinics and uh, in a way one needs to view this treatment as having two potent elements one being the medication the drug itself the other being the almost banking type structure it's a sort of therapeutic banking environment uh, in which the treatment's provided and it's that element that is actually the new element in the UK for for other countries the prescribing of heroin itself requires legislation and uh, has not been possible as a regular treatment in other countries. Uh, So it has only been possible as part of a trial, uh, although that situation has now changed in several countries, such as Switzerland, for example, where it is now part of their treatment system. But that's only in recent years.
2: And what sort of patient numbers are we looking at here? We
1: have 127 individuals, uh, different people in the trial, uh, and there's three treatments. So we have just over 40 uh, different individuals in each of these treatment arms. For the trial purposes, we had to decide how long did we want to study them. And having looked at the previous uh, studies uh, from which this is the, the next logical development, seemed to us that six months was ample time in which to see separation between the two, between the different treatments. You know, if we were not having major, greater benefit with the experimental treatments within six months, then we were of the opinion that there was unlikely to be a later onset of benefit. Of course, let's be clear about this. We don't think six months is the entirety of the treatment and we don't think the achievements at the end of six months are the end of what is required, but rather like many long-term treatments or the educational process or lots of things, it's a sufficient time to detect whether the trajectory is now a more positive trajectory than it was.
2: Do please just summarise the the key results.
1: Our pre-declared Primary outcome was that we were looking at the quitting uh, or the the moving away from street heroin use. To do this, we needed to, to develop a new urine test which differentiated between prescribed diamorphine or heroin and street heroin. And consequently, we took random urine tests uh, throughout the trial in all the three groups. The results are very powerful. There's a much greater achievement of the break with the street drug use in the group in the supervised injectable heroin we have two-thirds of them uh, who have largely quit their street drug use uh, and that includes about half of them who who have completely quit their street drug use that's at six months and we'd expect there to be greater benefits later on but this paper is to do with the uh, the findings at six months
2: out of interest are those individuals still coming in receiving treatment even though it's not part of this Studying.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, it's a hugely interesting question and it's a very reasonable question to ask. Yes, uh, at the end of the six-month trial period, uh, we have re-evaluated each patient and we had originally established that they were potentially suitable for this form of treatment. Many of them will have continued with the treatment, but it may have cha- they won't still be in their randomized groups. So we have uh, two-year follow-up data, which we are currently collecting uh, which show some very powerful further improvements at two years uh, from the status at six months but it lacks the purity of design of the randomized trial.
2: Clearly the quote best finding supported that of individuals treated with obviously medically supervised injectable heroin. Is that in itself a controversial finding? The fact that continuing use of heroin seems to be a recommendation coming from this paper.
1: It's certainly a hugely interesting finding because we went into this trial unclear whether or not these patients, uh, these individuals were actually untreatable. It's quite possible we could have found at the end of six months that despite having constructed this intensive tailored treatment, it could be that we had made no difference on their street drug use. The results are very different from that. They show that we can affect Uh, a powerful break for at least two-thirds of these individuals. Now, of course, the notion of the prescribing of heroin uh, is is obviously controversial. What we have been wanting to achieve was a good scientific answer about whether, if you chose to do so, could you achieve this benefit? And we've now got a robust answer. Uh, We have around the world now six trials. Uh, This is the one that probably has had the strongest rigour about the measures and the analysis, but all showing uh, benefits in the same direction. There's very good evidence now that change can be achieved. It then becomes a different debate for a different audience about how uh, one might deliver it.
2: And finally, Professor Strang, clearly... The results of this study raise some very interesting questions or there are clear implications for policy and I'm not asking you to give me your personal view as to how you think social policy should be directed as as a result of this trial. As you've said, that's a discussion to be had by other authorities and agencies. What do you think, though, as a scientist and a clinician, what do you think are the practical challenges that could arise from the results of this paper?
1: Sticking to the... Uh, the findings from this paper, we now have robust evidence, which also accords with the evidence from the other well-designed trials, that this group of individuals are treatable and that benefits can be achieved. They're a group uh, where it matters greatly. You know, There may be some listeners who think I'd leave them and I'd let them go to prison. Or the, These will have huge health consequences and they also have financial consequences. Imprisonment is massively more expensive than these forms of treatment. We have an interesting situation in the UK uh, where the current government drug strategy already has identified the trial being undertaken. Uh, and within the drug strategy is the commitment to the rolling out of the prescription of injectable heroin and methadone clients who do not respond to other forms of treatment and that commitment is subject to the results from this trial. These results have not been publicly available until the publication of this paper. If such treatment was to be more widely available it's a major clinical challenge because it requires proper care and attention to the proper provision of treatment. This is the addiction treatment's equivalent of an intensive care ward or a special care baby unit. It's not something that can be done as a half measure or done on the cheap. If the treatment is to be provided to this severe group, then it needs to be done properly. Uh, From our analysis, if it's done in this way, then this very costly group, they're, they're costly to themselves, costly to their families and costly to society in their untreated state. It's not only a proper compassionate treatment, but it it appears that it delivers uh, great benefits to all parties.
2: Well, it's an extremely interesting study, and I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about this issue. Professor Strang, many thanks indeed for talking
0: to The Lancet. Thank you very much. If you'd like to read more about that paper, then be sure to check out Thomas Kerr's accompanying comment, Science and Politics of Heroin Addiction, in this week's issue of The Lancet. And that brings this episode of The Lancet podcast to a close. Please do tune in next week. Goodbye.